Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, welcome to episode number 10 of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is our season finale, isn't it, Quinn? Yeah, it's a season finale, all right. It's It's been a great season. This yeah. is our 10th episode, plus the Survivor Series special. As always, I'm Joe Murata, with me, Michael Quinn. We're here to talk to you for the next hour about retro wrestling, things we remember, and some things we wish we didn't. Quinn, did you know we have over 40 years of combined fandom? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know now. Hope you're having a great day, folks. This beautiful Monday, December 12th, 2016. Christmas is rapidly approaching, is it not? Oh, boy, yeah. You gotta get your action figures. Gotta get your figures, you know, gotta get the Toys R Us catalog. Maybe that, that ring, the, the play ring, you know, like where the figures go. I love that. I had the, the yellow King of the Ring version, actually. I had the blue one. Rare. I had the, the big Remember when they made the... LNJ, big gigantic one. Yeah, that one was amazing. LJN. LJN. <laughs> LNJ. Wait, LJN from like the games? Yeah. They, they made the they also They made the big rubber figures in the eighties. Yeah. Those but big I, ones that oh, were useless. No, I'm thinking of the other <laughs> those ones suck. But I'm thinking <laughs> of the other ones, the what were they called? The the ones Jacks? That, the Jacks. The the like first model and then the ring was like way too big. Yeah, because it was the old LJN mold. Right. It was weird. And the figures were like shorter than the top rope. Right. It was really odd, but your WCW LJN figures fit just right in. Galoob. Oh, not, Galoob. not Galoob. I don't know they who made They look like those. the LJN ones. Folks, but anyway. As you can see, we, we tackle the hard-hitting issues yeah. here at OVP. We'll have to cover that one day. <laughs> we, we actually should. So as I mentioned, this is our season finale. Season 2 starts yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with our, um, our missed opportunity, the final Missed opportunity, because next week, the format changes, folks. It does. Actually, Quinn, before we even start, why don't you tell the folks where they can subscribe? Well, there's many places on the internet. Is there? You can get it. (laughs) internet Uh, uh, Yeah. Uh, You can go to iTunes. What's that? It's a place that Apple runs. They're good. They're pretty good. You know Apple, that company? Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They, the iTunes. You can get it on iTunes. The Apple Macintosh. They yeah, make. Macintosh. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it on Google Play. Oh, yeah, that. I think formerly Google Play Music or currently Google form, heck, formerly. It's just Play yeah, now, isn't it? Google Play Music. What do you it, mean Google Play Music? What is that's a sentence? It's what they call Frankie it. Frankie Say Relax. Yeah, it, it's what it is. <laughs> Google Play Music. And the other thing is Stitcher, but I don't even know what that is. It's so. just the thing that we're on. Oh, yeah. Player.fm, too. <laughs> Player.fm, which we never signed up for, but we're on it. And, um, of course, folks, anytime during this or at any time, really, even at 3 a.m., you could tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You want to shoot us an email, you can do that at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. One more time, that is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Calm. Just so they know, I generally man the Twitter at 3 a.m. I'm yeah. that person. You're, I, as, you're fast asleep. I, I'm, I'm fast asleep. I'm more of the 3 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter manner. We share the Twitter, by the way, folks. We share it. It's both of us. Yeah. Uh, usually the really, really weird stuff comes from me. And I, I'm, I'm pictures more the, of the TV come from Quinn. <laughs> I'm more the TV pictures and the hype. Yeah, pictures, and the hype. The hype. <laughs> if you saw this on Twitter... Those SoundCloud links or whatever. Yeah. That's, that's from me. Just so you know. Just to you. Give Quinn the credit. Yeah. It's not me doing that. Yeah. We're going to start. Yeah. With our it's mis- true. <laughs> Quinn, what's your missed opportunity here? This is the last missed opportunity. Yeah. And because of that, I thought we'd pick up the biggest missed opportunity. Oh, okay. The biggest one ever. Really? Here it is. Okay. This is my opinion, but here it is. All right. The invasion angle. Oh, yeah, you know. If we were going to end Missed Opportunity on something. We hadn't touched upon that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that to the table. It's on it. It's on that table right now. What are your thoughts? Well, first, my thoughts are stinking up the tablecloth. It stinks. (laughs) Secondly, um, so my thoughts on it are it's a completely botched thing, in my opinion. Totally. Totally Busted and broken. Matthew should just do like a video showing the entire invasion angle. On they doesn't even have to edit it. Yeah, that's it's what I mean. Just, just show everything that aired from that time. Just period. like all the segments that entail the invasion angle. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's let's take you back to the past to the shitty wrestling that sucks ass. Mm-hmm. It sucks ass now, and it sucked ass back then. So in um 
what was it? March. March of 23rd. One. The, 2001. Uh, the WCW. Yeah, Vince bought the WCW. He did. And he simulcasted buying it. So he yep. was like on both. Yep. I think, I feel like sometimes that was just to give Rick Rick Rude the middle finger or something. It's like, ah, I'm on both now. Rick Rude was dead, so I don't think so. Oh, that's sad. I didn't know he died that early. But anyway, let's let's get away from Rick Rude. So this sad. is the March 26th, 2001 Raw. Yeah. It's the last Nitro. Yeah. And like Quinn's saying, parts of it were simulcast. Which Parts was very it. bizarre. Yeah. Like, and, and at first it was very exciting. It was very exciting. Was, I was super excited about this. I, I even taped the Raw thinking I was catching history. And you still have that tape, actually. I still have that tape, yeah. Now, so they go through it, right, and and we get to the very end. Here's the first thing they did that was like, uh, what? What happens at the end of that Raw? Well, uh, Shane McManus comes and he uh, buys the... The name on the contract's McMahon, but it's Shane McMahon. Yeah, because that's how contracts work. You can just yeah. steal companies from people in your family. Well, how did Shane get the money? How did Shane go there? Like, that doesn't make any sense to begin with. You don't just, like, uh, uh, never mind, I bought it, sorry. What? Well, <laughs> like, it, uh, like I the mean, people okay. didn't notice that it let wasn't me, Vince? Let me put it this way. Presumably, you can... You You're can, not defending this, no, are you? No, I'm not defending it, but you can work that out logically. It's not like a game-breaker, right? Okay, go ahead. Like, you can just say, like, Shane put a bid in for, like, $1 more or something. Like, it's really simple Fair to enough. explain. Like, Did they ever say that, though? No, they didn't not. say that. But it is... Because <laughs> it's wrestling logic. But it is common knowledge that they did buy WCW for, like, pennies, right? Very cheap. Yeah. A few million. It was, like, a million bucks well, or something. a few million, I think, A couple yeah. million bucks. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of money. Because I think because it didn't have the TV contract. That was there was the no big... TV. He bought basically the tape library and, and, the, the, tra- and the trademark and some of the wrestlers. So the ones he, he wanted. Well, and he couldn't get the ones that were under direct contract with... Uh, Time Warner, yeah. yeah, which is another reason this angle sucked. Okay, so let's get to the next step of mm-hmm. this, right? Go ahead. So they buy it, and then the first thing I remember, like integration wise, was they were like sitting in the like skybox <laughs> yeah. at WrestleMania 17, which was only like a week after, or, yep. like a couple days it, after. It was, yeah, but it was like less than a week later, and they're getting you hyped. But here's where you start to notice, like where, like the flaws. Like, the people sitting with Shane are, like, Jindrick and, like, Jindrak, yeah. whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, that guy. It's, like... Chuck all, Palumbo, Chuck probably. Palum- like, all these nobodies. It's, like, you think, like, is Hulk Hogan with him? Yeah. It's, like, Booker T with right. him? Or like maybe at least Scott Steiner yeah, or someone like that. Yeah, none of these guys are with him. DDP. Actually, you know what? I think, to be fair, I think Booker is calmly sitting, You know what? Like, you're right. Behind. Booker's there. Yeah, he's, like, and he's like sipping on a drink, if I recall. <laughs> but he's, like, the he's the biggest name that they have. And he's, like, in the background. Yeah. He's sitting close to Jindrick. So the- like, a Jindrick. <laughs> Who is Who, that guy? That guy sucked. <laughs> he sucked. That's why I don't like... Who was that? I'm, I'm, folks, I'm pronouncing his name wrong because I Who just... Who cares? We don't care. We a, just don't care how a, it's pronounced. A, I don't care how yeah. it's pronounced, and B, it's Jindrick. It's during the era with, like, Kwee-Wee and all that shit. Yeah, like, who gives a fuck? Print the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. Oh, God. Yeah. And yeah, and so they appear at WrestleMania 17. And Which then, is an awesome WrestleMania. It, just, yeah, obviously. Yeah, so it's not. <clears throat> and that's like the end of wrestling being good forever. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm not being serious. Daniel Bryan, come on. I know, Quentin. Okay, anyway. So then what happens? Then, so basically the next step in this is that they try doing the thing where they they bring on the WCW guys in, like, matches. Yep. But they're also, they bring back the commentators just for their matches. It's Scott Hudson and... Um, Stevie Ray, I want to say. I think it was. Oh, I thought it was. It wasn't Arne Giovanni or. It, no. I, it was Scott Hudson and, and Arne Anderson. Are you sure it wasn't Madden, wasn't there? No, Mark Madden was never there. Okay. It was, it, Thankfully. It was somebody with, with Scott Hudson. Which, it's a shame because if they got Giovanni, I think that. Uh, not Giovanni. I know, I'm just joking. But if they got Giovanni. <laughs> Stop uh, saying that. <laughs> they would have. Tony Schiavone. If they got Tony Schiavone, they would have like made it seem a little more legit. But first of all, okay, so they it was the they, li- the live crowd shat on all the that. live crowd shat on it. I remember a couple of other things about this. You could have had Bozo announcing yeah. at ringside. The live crowd wouldn't have cared. The the WC they have this new WCW logo. You remember that? It was almost like the... It was kind of like the other one, but yeah. the C was smaller. Yeah. It was more legible. I like that you remember that, <laughs> yeah. of all things. It was like... Because they knew that C had to go in the, in the other logo, probably. <laughs> I just don't know why they just didn't use the, the other one that's good. The original, like, yeah. mid-90s one? Oh, yeah, that, one, that one's... That's WCW to me. But I think... I get it. They were rebranding. It still sucked, the logo. Yeah. But anyway... Um, it's like rebranding a porta potty And now... 
if I recall, the match that they showed was Buff Bagwell versus somebody. Probably Booker T. I don't remember either. Probably. And, like, I just feel like, A, they didn't give it enough time. Like, to be fair, like, I don't, I don't, I like hate when people crap on buff for that match like i've heard like they just gave them no time and just they almost set it up to fail they probably like, did i crap on him for other reasons just because yeah. i don't think he's very good no but he comes out there if i recall and he's like he's trying to get over with the crowd and stuff he's not like he's not like sabotaging the match or anything right no like, he's not it's just yeah. the the angle did not have any big names really on the wcw side out right. of the gate that's that's one negative against it i mean i feel like the two biggest guys were buff and booker like seriously like that was that like they the, had. that they had yeah unfortunately you're probably right i mean they had billy kidman yeah which was good they had a lot of good names they had some good but guys. not big superstars they, you know okay so this is like why they should have waited. Mm-hmm. Like, but anyway, so they get they do that, and that just kind of happens. And like, I feel like nothing really happened after they that. Never for a tried months, that again. Yeah, which is a damn shame because really, what I wanted out of all this was that they would have their own show and like they would take over SmackDown or something like that. And like, that was probably an experiment that they probably predetermined to fail, so they could be like, "Oh, we tried. Sorry." Well, they just wanted to say they were better. Like, that yeah. was part of the pro. A, a lot, lot of this of the is pro- Vince's vendetta, too. Yeah, a lot of this is he wants to prove. Oh, and the other thing is Vin- when Vince comes on when he- before they reveal Shane bought it or whatever, mm-hmm. I really thought that was kind of unprofessional of him being like, and we're not going to hire Jeff Jarrett in any <laughs> of these. That's so douchey. Yeah, it's like, I know, like, people don't like Jeff Jarrett, but come on, man. Like, you can't just come out and be like, oh, we're picking guys we don't like. Like, what if there's hey. guys that are want to get another want to get a job and they hear him picking out names and they're like i wonder if i'm on that list and he just didn't mention it like, history is written by the winners quinn yeah but that's not a good way to like no to, not at all to get wrestlers to come to your company also because of that shit if you would have hired jeff jarrett we might not have had to deal with tna yeah that's true <laughs> so but we can I, blame vince for tna to be fair jarrett was never coming he was i i'm pretty sure he was already trying to get tna started at probably yeah so and that's fine the you know one thing just to to interrupt the flow here because yeah. there isn't much of a flow anyway with the invasion angle yeah. it's very like jumpy yeah um the way the angle played out one thing that I thought was strange is when the angle started they originally wanted WCW's guys to be the faces do you remember that because no one seems to really at huh. the very beginning of the well angle, yeah because Shane was they a were face the faces when he right got it, when he was in there and I think and they, it just maybe got they, yeah maybe. Ma- Maybe they thought, like, oh, Shane's a big face right These now. These new young guys, yeah. you know, get him a chance in the WWF. Exactly. But what happened was, like, within a matter of weeks, you know, the fans turned that around. And then is when they brought in freaking Stephanie okay, and so, Paul Heyman. Yeah, okay, so what ends up happening is, like, I always felt the bit when they did that big reveal, right, of that Shane, Stephanie, and Heyman are the ones involved, right? Yeah. It was like, we don't have enough star power, so we need to combine ECW with them. Which, okay, on just a, like, on a logical level here, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense because ECW hated WCW more than anything. I know. Like, they always said they hated ECW. Yes. Why the hell are they teaming with know. WCW? Like, if anything, they should be the cavalry that comes and supports the WWF when they're, like, right. in trouble. Have, right? like, Sabu and Sandman and Dreamer come in and just kill people and Rhino and all. Or, or, Rhino or maybe have ECW be divided. Maybe. And and ECW, cling, like, half of them are, there's, like, a division in between ECW. It's like, which way should we go? Because we're, like, the smaller guy. One of the biggest problems with this angle is that it turned into the McMahons feuding with each other. Right. So, okay, to, like, get, really, to get back to that that's reveal, what it turned right? Into. Yeah. To get back to that reveal, it's revealed that Stephanie somehow purchased ECW. Like from, from Paul Heyman, Heyman or something. But some Heyman shit. is like involved still. He's even like though in ev- command. Even though everyone knew in real life that it was already bought by Vince. Or right. Whatever. But okay, for, you know, for kayfabe's sake, that's fine. K-fob. Like, who cares about the business? That shouldn't matter when it comes down to like a story on your TV, right? I guess. I mean, you can know if you're if you're making like a universe, as they like to say, like you can say Paul Heyman's like the president, but Stephanie sure, sure, that's, like, that's fine. fine. That's all fine. Yeah. The problem with it is that again, it was just focused on Stephanie and Shane fighting with their dad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like really? That this is not what the, the didn't we just do this? But what, do you think? Do you think that the reason they did that was because again they didn't have the stars? 
So it's like, well, we have to go to the McMahon feud because it's all we have. I think there's a couple of reasons that they did that. One, yes, they definitely didn't have star power. Two, they think that people like the McMahons and well, enjoy seeing them more be, than they yeah, do. Yeah, I was trying to say besides that. Yeah. Like, obviously besides there, that, but I think a lot of it also had to do with they just didn't have the star power. They didn't have the star power, which is why it's a missed opportunity. They should have waited. All they had to do—this is the crazy part. So, actually, let's finish up the whole train of thought with the invasion first. So, all this leads up to, like, you know, they're disrupting and blah, blah, blah. They have the July pay-per-view. They have the invasion pay-per-view, right? Which Mm -hmm. I remember it was Vince's face and Shane's face, like, combined with, like, eyeballs or I don't know. Yeah, it was something like that. It was something like that. Now, this pay-per-view actually started pretty— the idea of it is I kind of awesome. the idea of it a real lot of the now, time. Now, if I recall, there's a bunch of matches where they're unifying titles or there's titles fighting each other There's or something. a couple of those. There's even an Earl Hebner versus Nick Patrick match. It's creative. I mean, you yeah. want to ha- if you want to have every aspect yeah. of the companies fight each other, fine. I, right? I didn't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the booking. Of, like, as far as the booking. The idea it, of it. The, the idea of the, the, the plan. Right. right? Mm-hmm. I just, the execution was stupid. Awful. Do you, I mean, like, really? I don't think I'm going to sound stupid, but did, did in the invasion pay per view did WCW ECW like win that round? Yes, because yes. what happened? And this is I'm going to give you. There were two bright spots before we wrap up here. There's two bright spots that came from is this that angle. Where the defections started coming. Well, yeah, but okay. here's here's the two bright spots I can remember. The emergence of Kurt Angle as a major player right. was because of that angle. He, yeah. No pun intended. He was awesome during that whole thing because right. he was WWF's like main guy because Austin had flaked out, if you remember, and he was heel and being weird. Yeah. And that's the other bright spot. They also Austin pushed, was They fun. also pushed Jericho because of it, who was deserving. Yeah, and they pushed Jericho because of it. So what happens, if I recall correctly, because I've blocked a lot of this out of yeah. my memory... I think Austin turns on WWF at the very end. That's, yeah, that's what I remember. I think it's round one goes to WCW, mm-hmm. ECW. And then I turned off the TV for a while after that. And I'm not joking. Yeah. I really didn't watch that much. Basically, I think there's three key moments in this. There's the the chapter one, which is like, you know. When it gets bought. It gets well, gets bought. No, Shane, wait. You're, I'm, I'm, that's like the pre-story. Okay, sorry. The chapter one really is the invasion. Because, pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, because that's like the first meaning of okay. all of it, right? Mm-hmm. The chapter two would like the the middle part is all the defections no the the middle part i would actually say is seems seems like it's supposed to be the end because it's the survivor series thing okay okay the survivor series tag match okay so they have it yeah we covered the invasion pay-per-view sure and now we go to the survivor series pay-per-view where wwf gets the big survivor series match victory and Heyman gets thrown out the next night yeah all this stuff comes back but then then at that pay-per-view, they had all this stuff with the belts. Yeah. And then the last chapter of this is they had to, I believe it's at the last pay-per-view of the year, whatever that's called. That yeah, but it was Armageddon the December one. Yeah, I guess it was Armageddon still. They had the final unification of the world title. Right, which Jericho won. Which Jericho, which beat, I love that, actually. Yeah, I like that, too. He beat Rock and Austin the which same night. Which was a night. cool thing. It was, it was a like, cool It thing. was like a tournament, basically, yep. kind of. It was like you had to fight for the WCW title. Yep. And then it, I think Austin had to fight somebody else, too. I forget how maybe, maybe Triple Kurt H. Angle or Triple oh, wait, wait, H, Triple or H wasn't around. Yeah, maybe it was Angle. Anyway, so yeah, tri- there was a WWF title match and a WCW title match. And at yeah. the end of the night, the two winners fought each other, and that combined it. And right. It was Jericho. So one of the things that uh, my final thoughts on this is, if I don't blame them for shooting their load because hey, they finally bought WCW. It was a giant, you know, elephant in the room, so they had to acknowledge it. Right. If they could have, in hindsight, obviously just waited a little bit longer. They would have had Hogan, Hall, and Nash, and Goldberg, and Steiner. Yeah. Like, all these guys. Well, that's you the know? thing. That's, that's the crazy thing to me That's why it's a missed this, opportunity to me. Is that literally after that Jericho thing happens? A few months later. Not even a few months. It was, like, two months. Yeah. It was, like, the February, February. pay-per-view. All of a sudden, the NWO's right. there, and you're like, why the hell wasn't this the thing? Why didn't they just wait? Like, exactly. If they only could have waited. Yeah. That was the one big, they glaring thing to me. They literally were two months away from like hitting the jackpot where they would all come in. I know, and it's cool. crazy. Hindsight's twenty twenty. And then as they Rey say. Mysterio comes in. Yeah, we in, got Mysterio. Like, we got which Goldberg. Was a, yeah, Rey Mysterio was like, believe it or not, it was like a coup. it was a big deal. Got like Ultimo Dragon, I think. Yeah, which he that they messed that up. It wasn't it wasn't anybody's fault. He just like tripped over his cape or something <laughs> the first night. Yeah, but I mean, there's all sorts of we could go on and on and dissect each and every wrestler that came in. But as I'm sure people have. essentially let let it be known that basically. Uh, among a few exceptions like Sting and Jeff Jarrett, yeah, that was pr- pretty much everyone came. Luger, we never got Luger. And Luger, either. I'm one of the biggest legends, stars ever in this 
God! Okay, yeah, that's like three guys, though. Yeah, I, as far as big WCW names, I, we got yeah. almost every. I mean, we got Sting twelve years too yeah, late. Eventually, we got Sting, <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm saying in, within the invasion time frame, and yep. even that year after, which was better, mm-hmm. they got pretty much everyone. We got almost everyone, I mean, even down to the Stevie Richards of the world and yeah. everything, like Gregory Helms, and yeah. And the, the moral of the story always is that WWE always wins. They always Vince, win. <laughs> because yeah. history is written by the winners. We'll be back after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Step into the ring and take on Sting. There's me and my rival, Ric Flair. And there's a total package, Lex Luger. Check out the toughest tag team around the Steiner Brothers. These WCW action figures are just as tough and as mean as we are. Rick pulls for the knee drop. And Sting escapes. Oh, he's going to finish him off with the body slam. WCW wrestlers each sold separately from Duluth. I dare anybody to take us on. I, Vince McMahon, bought my competition. That's right. I own WCW. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 10. It's our season finale, which means we'll be back next week (laughs) for season two. Yeah. With a brand new format, we thank you for being with us these very long, you know, 10, ten years, a thousand years, how many years it's has it been? one episode per uh, Millennia, century. Century? Okay. Century. So, so it's been a thousand years of our Vantage Point Retro yeah. Wrestling we, Podcast. We pioneered recording. Oh, yeah. We were doing this on rocks. Yeah. Caves. It, we had, you know, we had to make the ripples, like, in... In the sound, and then you in the in the rocks, and then, and then you put hit, heat, you hit it, yeah, and then you would hit it, and it would somehow be our voices. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, we've come a long way since then. Yeah, now we got computers. Yeah, in fact, we have a Twitter that you can go to. It's at OVP Podcast. You could tweet at us. You can yell at us. Yeah, and, it's better than an abacus like it used to have. Yeah, that's true. oh man, those yeah. things were rough. Yeah, and uh, we'll follow you back. You know, we're we're not a bot, right? We're not Mishlava from Mishlava. Russia. <laughs> Boy, girl, I don't know. We but... don't know. Uh, Quinn, do we have a MySpace yet or not? No, damn it! I don't think it will ever happen. <sighs> but right. we can keep bringing it up. Just keep reminding me. Okay, yeah, I got to keep reminding you because one of these days we're going to get on that MySpace. All the kids are using it. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really good. Popular. No, right I know now. <laughs> it's awesome. We should get on Friendster too. Yeah, why aren't we on that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know. It's time for our overrated, folks. The final overrated. Yeah. Uh, unlike Quinn's, this one is probably not as monumental, perhaps, <laughs> or as controversial. But I'm going to throw this one out there. This is someone that I think is overrated um, and had a very long career doing what this person did. Okay. And I honestly never thought that this person was very good. <laughs> And that person is Lillian Garcia. <laughs> you mean Vivian? Yeah, Vivian. I don't know about Lillian. Lillian Garcia, folks, was the ring announcer. Um, she was. Is, is she, she still is? I, I don't believe I she is anymore. I feel like she anymore. comes back. I, I she always say, comes back, yes. I want to say that she's now stopped and, like, JoJo is doing it. Yeah. But, like... I'm pretty sure she's not all the way gone. I don't. She'll she'll probably resurface eventually. Yeah. Here's my thing, folks. I, I want to make my point clear. It's not a sexist thing because okay. I actually do like. Well, you like some, Mike McGurk. I like Mike McGurk. Yeah. You know the female ring announcer from the '80s and '90s. I liked Eden a real lot. I thought she was great. Yeah. Now she wrestles. Yeah, I know. That's I think JoJo's okay. She's whatever. But and I also um, really like Dasha Fuentes. Yeah, she's from, okay. From NXT. And you so, like um, Melissa Santos. And I love, love, love Melissa Santos. Yeah. The best ring announcer in the business right now, and I yeah. really do mean that. Yeah. So it's not a sexist thing. It's not like, oh, she's not the Fink, so right, I hate right. her. You just, you, you're at, judging her as a ring just announcer. Just as a ring announcer. They hired her in, like, September of 99, believe it or not. Yeah. She was around forever. Right. And she really sucked when she started. And again, this is not a personal attack. Lillian Garcia seems like a really good person, no, a really wonderful not, person. you're just judging the job. That's all. Now, she is a good singer. Now, to be fair to her, she it's not like she goes out and is like, I was great, ever. That's what I mean. It's not. She's even said, like, I sucked at the beginning. She like sucked she, all she, the way through, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, she said, like, I never did this before. No, like, and, yeah. and I totally get that, yeah. and I'm sure Vince just wanted to get rid of, you know, a bald guy. Not, not get rid of a bald guy, but maybe change it up a little bit, get a little eye candy. I think the never been gone. But That's a whole different story. Yeah. So, 
So Lillian Garcia, she's had numerous botches that I'm I'm not going to get into them because you can find them on the internet. You know what I mean? People right. know about them. She's tripped, which has been funny. She's human. She it's, botches at every title match, really. She, that's one thing I did want to say. <laughs> Lillian Garcia is the only person of all these ring announcers that when she says championship, it's like she's incapable of pronouncing the P. Championship. So like, championship. Every time. Championship. And, and once, if you don't know about that, now that you've heard us say it, you can never unhear it. It's yeah. like Renee Young's lisp. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. I'm dating Dean Ambrose. Now, I partially think that might be the mic, but because she doesn't sound like that all the time. But that's another subject she, entirely. She, she sounds like this most of the time. Okay. So the thing with, with uh, Lillian is this. There's no – with Howard Finkel, I have to go back to him because he is probably you know the most well-known – yeah. Ring announcer ever. With Howard Finkel, when he announced something, right. it felt like a big deal. Everything felt like a big deal. Right. Even and, the jobber match. And that's the thing I never got from Lillian. So, again, it's not a decimation of her as a person. Right. It's nothing like that. But she just did not ever – it was like she couldn't have been there and you wouldn't have noticed. Whereas with Finkel, if someone won the title, you're waiting for that. And no! Yeah. You know, and that thing. No! Yeah. And, it was good. And there's other good ring announcers. It's not just the Fink. I mean, David Penzer from WCW I liked. Uh, Gary, Gary Michael Capetta. Gary Michael Capetta. That which guy. We, that which gu- we found out recently. <laughs> he was in the WWF in the late 70s. And I feel like early 80s. And early been. 80s. And that guy that we just saw that was like 109 that you really liked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on that, that All-Star wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Miss Connor. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not just like Fink's the only good announcer ever. There's and a way to do it. There's just a way to do it. And, Fink- I'm, and even if you're like a pioneer or whatever, there's still like a rhythm. Like, yeah. there's a way you announce these things. And I just didn't like the way Lillian did it. I really didn't. I thought that she I thought that she just did not have a feel for making anything sound important. And that's what sucked. Because remember when they started doing those in-rings again? Yeah, which, which was I awesome. loved. But it was Lillian in the middle of the ring most of the time. Yeah. And it's just like, the champion shot! Right, like, right. It sucks. Just I, sucks. I, I don't know. Like, I maybe it was just because she was around so long. I started to just not notice it after a while. Like, Champion Shaw was always funny. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt like she could, she could, like, she's okay. Like, she's not, like, she, trust me, she's no Finkel, but she's not, like. I know, and I'm not even expecting her to be Finkel. I mean, even Tony Chimmel, for crying out loud. She's not, like, <laughs> as bad as, like, Christy Hemi or something. No. You know who, uh, who was also really bad? Who? Justin Roberts. He wasn't very good. Well, he was a little dweeb. He had like that weird John yeah. Cena. Like yeah. he just sounded like so weird. John like how are you talking? Cena. So that's that's what I've got to say about Lillian. Is I you thought just she, don't like her. I huh? just don't like her. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel bad. I mean, she was there so long, but she really wasn't good. Yeah, I I feel like ring announcers are actually like a really important aspect, mm-hmm. and you gotta like. You can't just like willy nilly hire them. I do like some of the guys that they're they're starting to to get. They're, they haven't had a lot of men lately. No, there's is, that one NXT guy that they have. Some no, well, actually, he's now on the main thing. Is he really? He's only on like the cruiserweights or something. But he, he's good. He actually, they're he's going to be on that two hundred five live show. Right, right. And um, he's pretty good. I forget his name. I do, I do, do you, too. No, I, I don't remember. I, I, it. Name off the top because he's new, but we'll we'll get it. But you know he, who. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying he's pretty good. Um, I have heard him botch stuff before, but he's like brand new. I'm not even like, worried about botches yeah. so much. I'm talking when you're a ring announcer for 17 years and you're still not very – you can't pronounce a P. And I don't yeah. even want to hear about plosives and all that because every other announcer can do it. Yeah. Plosive is, you know, the P sound. That's why we have these things in front of our mouth. Yeah, mic, if right? I take it away, you hear this. Yeah. See? They're important. <laughs> but really, championship. Championship! Championship. 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 Ship. Not Shaw. Championship. <laughs> right, exactly. And I, have the, I don't even have a good voice, and I can say that. <laughs> Championship. Championship. See? Yeah. It's, it's sayable. It's imp- it's important to the ma- the matches, That's, basically. you know, one of my favorite parts of, Lu- of Lucha is Melissa Santos. Yeah. Because she makes everything sound important. She's got a style, a character, like, from the 5-5-9 five, five, yeah. when well, Cage comes out. I think that's she's dating. Yeah, but, 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 we know, <laughs> but we know that, right? Yeah, I mean. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's like when her boy's coming out, it's like a big deal. Or when she'll, she's remained in character about freaking Pentagon. 
Yeah. Always the, with the disdain in her she, voice. She, you know what I like about that? That's almost like a callback to Fink not liking Harvey Whippleman. Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Put yeah. the mic in my hand, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, I felt like Vivian, other than being called Vivian by Jericho, <laughs> there was like no, like, like think, she had no, like, existing feud with anybody. Other uh, than that Snitsky thing where he, like... But that lasted like five minutes. Yeah, and also like, I think Jer- uh, Jarrett put her in the figure four when she was like new. Wait, that wasn't the – what, did Snitsky have a problem with him? No, no, Who am I thinking Snitsky. of? Charlie so- Haas like knocked her off the apron and Viscera came to her aid. Yeah, and then she became sexual chalk. No. Sexual the- Vivian. No, no, no. What she? Big what, Daddy V. It was big, when he was Big Daddy V. Was he Big – I thought that was when he was Big Daddy 5, but Big Daddy V or whatever. That was different from the like, like – um, Viscera in the pajama pants edition. I thought he, he was, was still just... called Big Big Daddy V, wasn't he? No, Big Daddy V was when he had just the, the like straps, the straps over his on, nipples, and he was all fat. Yeah, he had big boobies. Yeah, no, that the was tatas. Yeah, that was different. There was pajama viscera where like he just was like a ladies' man because he saved. Vivian yeah, it was from, good from basically an accident, which is funny. That yeah, they, but that's it. That was like the only thing, and it was like one time, and it didn't last for more than like a month. And they also made her like a diva, and she'd do all the diva stuff and yeah, like all like, that. Pose and yeah, everything. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, just be, be good at your one job. Yeah, and they're and, doing that to Renee now. Too. I know, and that pisses me off. She's she was she's, so good when she started. She thinks she's like hot poop now. Yeah, she really thinks she's the bees. I'm a total diva. Yeah, I mean, just cut it out. I like Renee, the but, girl next door version. Yeah, I don't like this new. I'm a diva, Renee. I know. Like, uh, they I like Charlie Caruso though. Who's that on NXT? Oh, her? You know she's on the main roster now, too? Good. I like her. She's yeah. good. Well, actually, there was a funny thing where Kevin Owens was like, he kept calling her Renee, but yeah, it was like I, it was an I actual botch, yeah. but he, he turned it around and was like, who are you? <laughs> like, that's funny. That's how I feel about a lot of the new announcers whenever there's a new one. I'm like, who is this? I love Dasha, like, though. I, I was, you remember, we went yeah, to you NXT. Tried to meet her. I was like, I'm trying to get Dasha. Yeah. <laughs> we were next she's to okay. her. She's okay. She's fine. She's anyway, fine. so the the bottom line with uh, Lillian, I keep wanting to call her Vivian. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom line with Lillian, I don't call her Lillian. Is there's she's had a seven, seventeen year career, pretty much. Hey, as, longevity wise, I, at I least can, she but, was there. Yeah, I know, but that so right, <laughs> that doesn't make gotta, you good. Do it. Yeah, but someone else could have done it. Oh come on! Like you don't think JoJo could do that immediately? Like out the gate, she needed practice. Somebody had to be there. I know, but the point I'm trying to make is that in a 17-year career, she there's nothing notable. Yeah, she never got better. Where, like, Fink is notable for the way he delivered his ring announcements, which is what a ring announcer should do. Hell, Luch has been on for, what, two years, and we already have stuff from Melissa that we like. Yeah, exactly. you, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. That's all. The only thing we remember about Lillian is when she fell. <laughs> yeah, in Viscera Pajamas. When she said Kurt Angle was from Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> when Vince hit under her skirt when he had a shaved head. Wait, did that happen? <laughs> yes. Oh, I and need to find that clip. And that's Champion Shaw! Yeah, Champion Shaw. And that's why she is overrated and not very good. That's all I have to say about that. Quinn, I want to hear the final underrated. Okay. This one I might need help with because I told you in the break that I like this, and I didn't tell you what it was, but no, you I like didn't. it. But I, the deets escape me. The deets, okay. So I think that a big underrated was the time that Rick Martel was in WCW. <laughs> I loved it. He came back in January of 98. January 98. Out of nowhere, kind of, okay, if I recall yeah, correctly. This is really weird because he was, like, gone for he a while. He was gone. I mean, he, he, what was the last thing, like, 94 or, like, Rumble 95 so, or something? Yeah, so basically with Martel, is his full-time WWF status ended around, like, maybe June of 94. Yeah. He came back one time for Rumble 95, I think as a replacement for, like, Jim Neidhart or somebody who was fired. Yeah, I remember that. It was was just like a one-off. Yeah, and he was kind of retired by that point. He was, like, semi-retired. I think he was probably kicking around some indies throughout the mid-90s after WWF. I don't think he was, like, trying to make it big anymore. He was kind of done. Right. So then he shows up out of nowhere um, in January of 98. On, like, Nitro or On something. Nitro. And he's just, like, in a match. And he was good. Yeah. And it's that, like, this guy can still go. That's why I fondly remember this. He it, was... It, it was just a weird thing. 
and it was so good. And I feel like it leaked into a lot of the TV title stuff of that year. Well, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he win the TV title briefly? Well, I was going to say, yes. That's what happened. So why it was so good was is because they actually like grabbed onto this. They did. Like, they were like, oh, shit, this guy can still wrestle. Like, yeah. And he was having good matches. And then all of a sudden he gets a TV title shot. I believe it was Booker T. If it wasn't Booker T, it would have been Finley. I can't remember, though. But anyway, he wins. Yep. He freaking wins. He won the The TV TV title. TV title. And he was 43, 44 years old at this point, and he could still go. I mean, he looked good. He looked good. He was wrestling good. And um, basically, it didn't last very long. Got injured in February. He had a month and a half run. He had a month and a half run. That's it. And then he came back a few months later, and he injured himself again. And that was it. Yeah, and it's a shame because Rick Martel, folks, I love Rick Martel, and to me, he's he's a missed opportunity as well. Yeah. believe it or not, because you're talking about a guy that was a terrible face. Yeah. <laughs> when he was like um, in Strike Force, for right. example, but he was a great face when he was in the Can Am Connection, which is really weird. You know what I mean? Like everyone loved like the Can Ams. Yeah, I did. You didn't really? like them. Eh, they were kind of but junky. Strike Force was like, all right, what is this shit? No, now? I like Strike Force better. Why? It's like Tito Santana and Rick well, Martel. Listen, How I, could that be bad? I love Tito Santana. I just don't think they worked what's, well what's as a team. What's your problem with girls in cars? Oh, okay, it's a fun song. But. <laughs> it is a fun song. <laughs> well, actually, the, the no words version is better. Yeah, right? the uh, WrestleMania yeah. four version. And then they basically. had that good feud. What good feud? Where it's, you're a loser, Tito Santana, and like all that, and he's like, <laughs> I don't want to be associated with that guy. He's a loser. Like Rick Martel played that shit up. So that's the thing. This is why he's like a missed opportunity. He could be a good face, but then he was also a boring face, he could right? Be a and, good heel too. And then he comes back, and at first he was a really good heel. Yeah. But then sometime after 1990, I guess maybe after the Jake feud. Yeah, I feel he like became that very in, unmotivated. That embarrassed him. Yeah, he, I thought that losing to a. A blindfold guy. That was dumb. Well, it was for comedy. I mean, it was fine, but... Yeah, but he's had a comedy match at WrestleMania 7 in his prime. That's like, the that's, problem. That's bullcrap. Did you know that he put over... Not a lot of people know this. The casual fan wouldn't. You might know it. You might not. Randy Savage wrestled two days after WrestleMania 7. Um, and it was on... They put it on a tape. Uh, I forget which tape. Probably maybe Coliseum Rampage tape. 91 or something like that. And it was, or maybe World Tour 91, that he was fulfilling his contractual obligations. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. And he fought yeah. Rick Martel, which is funny. Hmm. Why would he be fighting another heel, right? That's, yeah. <laughs> but well. Martel was a good worker when he wanted to be, is the feeling I get from it. I feel he was one of the best workers of the 80s, honestly. Would you say? One of the best workers of the 80s. He didn't have a lot of workers. I mean, like, he was up there. Yeah, I mean, he was an AWA champion. I don't think that went over very well, but he was. No, but it was because he was a worker. That's why Vern put him in that spot. Tag team champion with uh, Tony Gurria. Consistent tag champ. He was in the WWF before in the early 80s. Before the AWA. Yep. He was then um, back in WWF with the Can Ams, which I like them as a team. Yeah. Um, And Strike Force, of course. Then he had his feud with Tito Santana that lasted like a year. Yeah. <clears throat> and he had Slick as his manager briefly. Do you remember that? Kind of. It was f- like five seconds, right? Yeah, it was before he became the model officially, but he yeah, had Slick with isn't him. Isn't that when he cuts that awesome promo at like Summer SummerSlam Slam 89? Or, yeah, it's really funny. It's like, it's You're a Loser Part 2. Yeah, the first one's like WrestleMania 5. Yeah. It's like a big rant. I just remember like being like, yeah, his yeah, accent. you tell him. His like, accent made his heel promo so funny. Yeah, it was <laughs> You're amazing. a loser, Tito Santana. Yeah, it was so El good. Tito riding my coattails, you know. <laughs> Mr. Tito wants to ride my coattail once more. You know what? You know what's funny about this whole subject is i kind of when we were doing all this season when we were doing all these things right yeah. there's another guy i wanted to bring up i'm gonna do this on the fly Go ahead. Here. We're, this season because, finale it's so, fine you know like it, it kind of ties into how there was an injury and it just kind of ended it pretty early okay what do we got whale and mercy yeah you know dan spivey folks was um a pretty big deal in the 80s not like a huge deal in the 80s yeah but he was somewhat of a name because he was um, the golden boy he replaced you know which is a hard guy to replace at that time barry windham right in the u.s express and they renamed it the american express yeah and so but he was also the golden but, boy danny spivey but he was then in um he was in the skyscrapers yeah in nwa i mean his background doesn't really reflect the Whale and Mercy character. That's the thing. Way. That's what I was going to say. So here you go from this bleach blonde ish, you know, like big kind of Barry Windham looking guy. Yeah, he was basically you know, Barry Windham Jr. He basically. was, essentially. And then they bring him in 95 in this series of promos. And they were different for the time. They were. 
Because it was like this, it was really, they were copying Max Katie from Cape Fear. I mean, honestly, that's no, what they well, were doing. I, that's what I, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to you. get into because it, it's so cool. Like, it, it's so different and, and one cool. Of the, yeah, one of the catchphrases, you know, was, Lives are gonna be in Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> know what I mean? You know what I mean? He used to always say, you know what I mean? But it was just a, it, it lasted very short. Yeah. But it was, the character was so, it was, it different. was different because it was, it was a so, demented, it, like, it, southern gentleman. But it was, it was really <laughs> threatening. It was. It was. Like, <laughs> like, he would like, first of all, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break into a couple things here. So go ahead. Just, just let me go. Season here. finale, Quinn. Yeah. He had like a sword, like, in like a diamond or something tattoo in the middle of his, like, forehead which was like really bizarre for the time like we had hakushi who had face tattoos but like this one just made zero sense but in a demented kind of like this guy's freaking weird it's like se- it seems to me anytime wwf wanted to get somebody over as a heel they gave him a fake face tattoo you think of crush when he had the fake spider tattoo well, that was a mid-90s thing but this <laughs> one was more specific because it just kind of looked like a dot and it looked really demented he wore a hawaiian shirt which is why people always make these bray white, wyatt white comparisons. yeah white pants and a white like tank top right <laughs> like a so, wife beater yeah like he's like a, a southern gentleman but then the other things it was the little things that made this character so amazing and i wish he didn't get hurt was the shaking the ref's hands before with, the match? And did he do it with his left hand, I think, or no? Oh, no, did he did he? it with his right hand, maybe. Yeah, I, I didn't remember anything with the hands, but they would note that he would always do that. He always that. shook the ref's hand and his the jobber's hand. Right. You know? And he had a demented, like, sleeper finisher where yeah. he would just look crazy-eyed into the camera. And this character was just so ahead of its time. And it I don't was. think a lot of people understood it. And it's another one of those... The reason I'm bringing it up with the Rick Martel coming back thing is because it lasted what three, like three, three months, two, maybe three months, yeah. And then he got he had a he had a career ending injury. Yeah, he hurt himself at the end of '95, maybe October or so, and that was it. Yeah, and it came. It's I I still consider that a bright spot in the middle of 1995. Uh, because I it's so, so it's so experimental. It's like it's almost like an early like how they would experiment with Austin and Pillman and stuff yeah. later on. Like it's it's so. I love that kind of stuff. Calling it a bright spot in 95 is like saying you found a penny in a pile well, of shit. Well, that's what I mean, is that, that 95's not a good year, but Whale and Mercy is a good part. He was, like, and I'll be honest, you know, I was 10 in 1995. I didn't even fully understand I didn't it, but understand it still, it. Was, I still was, scared me, though. It still, like, resonated. Yeah. Like, it, it, it that's how you know it's good. It's right. because even if you don't get what it's referencing. I didn't get anything. No. Yeah, I didn't get. Even but he if, scared me. You, even if you don't get what it's referencing, it's still in, it has an impact, right? right. Mm-hmm. And just like the Martell thing had an impact. In even WCW, if, yeah. Even if you didn't know of his prior work because you had just become a wrestling fan in like 97 or something. He came in, he was good, he was pushed, he could wrestle. Yeah. And made an impact. And he made an impact. Personally, I was really excited when Rick Martell came back. Yeah. I really loved that run. I right. was like super excited. I always thought, you and I rewatched some of that not too long ago. I always thought he was a face, but apparently he wasn't, right? He wasn't really. <laughs> Why did I think he was a face? Well, I think because he was like... I. If I recall, he's like it's a like, tweener. He's like he is because he's not really there to like be a dick. He's kind of there to like he's just had a match with Booker and he happened to win because of I I don't even think he cheated, but there was something with like there was something with I feel like the Finley feud was kind of happening. Yeah, that was right before the whole TV title tournament, the best of seven best and of all that seven stuff thing, with. Yeah some people yeah and uh, so yeah I'm, I'm with you martell in wcw is very underrated yeah. it was such a good run it's a shame it got cut short yeah and, and, let, and let's say will and mercy same thing too. With let, mercy. throw him on the underrated yeah too. no i will because I, that was such a good little gimmick and that's why you know a lot of people consider the wyatt family the spiritual successor to that gimmick it should be i think that the groundwork is clearly laid i think so like, i think will and mercy was more nuanced Yes, than more nuanced than the Wyatts and ever made were. more sense than the Wyatts. Yeah, I. It's such a. Sh- I wish they could find a guy that could play that character, right? I like, don't think really. Bray Wyatt's the problem. I think that the booking is the problem. No. Well, they would never allow that kind of nuance ever again because it's too. You got Well, to be fair, they're on a broader audience than they were in '95. It's t- <laughs> it, it, broader audience. Yes, no one was watching in '95. Right, exactly. So you could afford to like have a character referencing some movie that not everyone really saw. I know Cape Fear was popular, but I mean, like, by 1995, no one fucking remembered that movie. It was only four years old, but yeah, I guess you're right. You didn't hear people talking about Cape Fear. 
Like, <laughs> I was living then. Nobody was like, man, that really scary movie from came four years yeah. ago. <laughs> no one was talking about that shit. If they were talking about any movie from 91, it was probably Terminator 2. Yeah, exactly. Or Turtles 2. Yeah. I'm kidding. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm, even so, they were. <laughs> we're talking about fucking Cape hey, Fear. At least Vince never did the Ninja Turtle gimmick the way Jim Hurd or Kip Fry or one of those idiots <laughs> did in WCW. Yeah, yeah. Well, they also did the ding dongs over there. They too. did the ding dongs. They did a fake Spider Man. They did the fake Beetlejuice. Remember the juicer? Yeah. yeah. They also did a, a later Bischoff with Mortal Kombat with Glacier, but. Oh, man. They did the real Robocop. Yeah, they, they actually did Robocop. Yeah. That really happened. Yeah. Uh, Chucky. Yeah. Remember Chucky, like, fought with Rick Steiner or something? That <laughs> got, was weird. Chucky and Rick Steiner got into an argument. <laughs> like, really? What the, the fuck puppet. is going on here? He's wrestling a wrestling buddy, basically. He should have wrestled Rocco from the LOD. Yes! Puppet, a puppet match. Yeah, or, or, or Cheatham the Evil Midget. <laughs> One of the, just a midget puppet match. Folks, <laughs> we're obviously letting it all hang out here on the season finale. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. We're going to come back right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Howard Finkel, and I am the premier ring announcer in the World Wrestling Federation. As of late, I've been having a problem with a man I know as Whippleman, but apparently you people here in Memphis know as Downtown Bruno. My goodness, that has to be the stupidest name that I've ever heard. Who could walk around the streets of Memphis and call himself Downtown? Give the man a roadmap, he wouldn't know Downtown from Uptown. That's how dumb he is. I've been in the World Wrestling Federation doing ring announcing for a long, long time, and never have I ever faced a more stupider, idiotic excuse for a human being like downtown, oh, downtown Bruno. What a name. Well, nevertheless, it is going to all come to a head this Monday night at the Mid-South Coliseum. Finally, the opportunity is going to be there for your so-called hero to become even more of a hero when he steps into the ring and goes one-on-one -on -one with me. I know that I'm going to have to come down from the Big Apple and fly down to Memphis, Tennessee this Monday night at the Mid-South Coliseum and step into the ring with downtown Bruno. Give me a break. And welcome back to our Vantage Point, your retro wrestling podcast. Quinn, this is our season finale, isn't it? Yeah. Something's going to happen. I don't Something's know what it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We'll have to tune in next week to find out what season two has in store yeah. for you. What the results of all this is going to yeah, be. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a little nutty there. Thank you for being with us this Monday, December 12th. Quinn, it's time for our last segment. This will be the last then and now. I know, it's been a thousand years of doing this. And yeah, so long. Some great times, great memories. Remember medieval times? Oh, man, yeah, yeah. riding the horse. Yeah, remember when we awesome. went jousting? I love jousting. I wish that sport was still a, a <laughs> Socially thing. acceptable. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't do that anymore. Jousting on ESPN2. We used to do jousting. We were the first audio jousting podcast. Also. Yeah, before wrestling, we yeah. did the jousting podcast, yeah. <laughs> our Vantage Point retro jousting podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> Folks, then and now is a segment that we've done for these past uh, thousand years where <laughs> we'll talk about how your perspective might change when you've been a fan as long as we have. Sometimes the way you think of things or enjoy things or don't enjoy things as a kid will change, you know, 10, 15, 20, or 1,000 years later. Like jousting. Like jousting. And one of those things, Quinn, I'm going to set the stage for you. Put the tablecloth down. Put the tablecloth down, nice and neat. 1998. 98, okay. The Attitude Era is upon us. Pretty and common era. Shawn Michaels goes down to a back injury. Yeah. At WrestleMania 14, it was as he came to put Austin over, and that was it. He didn't wrestle for four more years. Yeah. It's sad. So the next My night favorite. on... Yeah, I know. The next night on Raw, <sighs> Triple H takes the helm of one D-Generation X stable. I don't like this. And I, at the time... Loved that version of DX with uh, the X-Pac and the Outlaws. It's just not as good. It's not as good, exactly. It, it's it, not, right? I mean, like... It started good. I thought that at the time. Uh, maybe I'm not the then and now on this one. Well, like, it's good, though, to get your perspective. See, it started good, folks. 
because Triple H brought out Sean Waltman. And that right. was cool. You turn to your friends, right? You turn to your friends, you turn to the click, right? Right. And Waltman's promo was actually really good. It's pretty much a shoot promo. It's pretty much fuck WCW. <laughs> yeah, Hulk Hogan, screw you, pal, yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. It's funny. Yeah. Then the Outlaws joined them at the end of the night. Remember the they, cage match they beat thing. up the Chainsaw Charlie and uh, yeah, the, who's the other guy? Mick Foley. Nick yeah, Nick Faley. Nick Faley's in it. From yeah. Boston. Nick yeah. Faley. Well, he's Cactus Jack in that Cactus one. Cactus Jack in that one. Yeah, that was the persona he was using. He was in that one. So that's the new DX, and of course China's still there. And for about a month, they still played it up as heels. Kind of, yeah. Then they just—they were obnoxious and not like in an enjoyable way. See, if you know I what I think happens it. a lot with them. Yeah, why they get remembered so fondly mm-hmm. is because everyone's like, "Oh, remember when they went to WCW <laughs> on the tank or whatever? Yeah, the Jeep. Okay, that was fine, but it was like it wasn't the best thing ever. No, like, it really wasn't. They didn't even do anything in the end. No, it was a good um time for them to be a stable because it was the height of the Monday Night Wars. I mean, that was really when it was. They were neck and neck. Here's what I'm going to say about them. Go ahead. They had the timing on their side. I think that DX, the original, with Shawn Michaels, Triple Ha, uh, <laughs> Rick Rude, and, and China, China the, they were actually like doing things that weren't being done. They were breaking taboos. They were doing shoot, you know, quote yeah, unquote like, comments and stuff they like had that. The, the sausage on the stick and Shawn Michaels had the hat on. <laughs> what a moment. The, no. <laughs> the cooking hat. And, no, but they did. And they, making boob jokes. They did a lot of stuff that hadn't been done. Yeah, I mean, they acknowledged China's boob job on TV. They did. They, um, hard to hide that, they, to be oh, honest. the time that they acknowledged that Slaughter always slobbers on everyone, and then they wore those masks with the <laughs> no, windshield wipers on them. See, I can still laugh at that. Yeah, they, they were good. The reason they were good, well, a couple of reasons. One reason is because they were heels. Right. So they were supposed to be annoying, obnoxious, and just horrible people. Yes. And they were. They, they did, did a great job at right, that. Those two, the, they did. They, they, had, they, they had their own pay-per-view. And yeah, like, a terrible pay-per-view. It's terrible, but at the same time, it's like, I just remember fondly, like, it had a good entrance way, and they kind of, like, it just had that weird DX tone to it. It where did. It was, it was basically the opposite of the sold-out pay-per-view. Right. It was like, no, this is, like, what DX is, but it's like, they're not going to take over the whole thing and they're ruin all the They're not trying to take over the whole company. Yeah. That was the whole thing. People say they were an NWO ripoff, and I have no doubt that they were inspired by the NWO. Right. But they didn't do the same thing the NWO did. I would did. say they were inspired by the click in real life. Yeah, that too. That's I mean, like what it was supposed definitely to be. Sean and Paul H wanted to work together. And and even China, I mean I don't know about China. Like, but, but I mean she was probably in the click since she was dating Triple I don't know H. If she was in the click. And Rick Rude was a good addition just because I liked him just looking all stern in, a suit in the background. With a yeah. beard and a briefcase. Yeah. That you never knew what was in it. What 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 he even just was had a that? briefcase? Like, yeah, did they even ever? Ex- Doesn't matter. <laughs> that see, that's good. Don't uh, yeah. don't ever explain it. <laughs> right. That's perfect. He just had a briefcase. Don't fuck with him. He yeah, had a briefcase. He had a briefcase. He's a businessman. A damn Halliburton. It. it was a Halliburton. Yeah, like the, it's probably the same damn one they used for IRS. Probably. But anyway, so that version of DX was great because they were assholes. Right. That were supposed to be assholes. The nineteen ninety eight DX, they did one good thing that I like, which was the nation feud. That I was, just was say, fun. That was good. And then when Mizark Yeah, you know, Mizark Henry, I Mizark know. Henry. Yeah, yeah. But that was it. I mean Yeah, they had the the WCW thing and the Mizark are the two things I remember the most. Road Dog with his fucking catchphrase that I said every single time. I loved it at the time. Now, when they did it, you know, in 2014 or 15 or whatever the hell they came back, it's like, dude, enough with this shit already. Yeah, they were like catchphrase city. And you know what I think a lot of, you know what really dampers the whole thing for me? What? Like, the whole fact that they become like corporate people at the In end. In 99? Yeah, they... like, I always like associate that with that whole run, and I'm just like, ugh. I like, didn't, you know, the problem with the 98 DX is that there was only so far that they could go with it, obviously. Yeah, because, okay, here's the two problems with it, is you don't have the original people, right? You well, don't you're have, missing Sean, yeah. You're missing Sean. And the second part of that is is that none of them were main eventers. At the time, no. If you don't have Sean, you can't... They were a mid-card stable. They were a mid-card stable. And it seemed weird to have that downgrade the whole time. I know. And Triple H is like, I'm going to take the ball. It's like, you suck. In 1998... 
First, anytime Triple H had the long pants, you knew he wasn't as good. That's true. Long pants, Triple H, not as good. Yeah. He had that mediocre feud with Owen Hart. It was. The ladder match with The Rock. That was good. But the problem was there is The Rock was really the breakout superstar from that. Yeah, he thought he was... Triple H always thinks he's so good. He And he was good in 99 and 2000 Triple H is good now. And he's good now I as like the guy that now. runs NXT. The guy who runs the good things I like yeah, to watch. Yeah, <laughs> the good wrestling. He should be running things, not doing All right. Things, well, <laughs> so the thing with the 98DX is that they were not as controversial. Yeah. They were not really breaking taboos, so to speak, as much. Right. Because the trendsetters had already done that, and that would be the Shawn Michaels version. Because you know, and I know, and most people watching at the time, when DX came out in 97, early 98, yeah. that was the Shawn Michaels show. Yeah, Triple it was H awesome. was a useless <laughs> goon. He was just his guy that helped him beat people up. Yeah, like, he was just like a doofus. It's like, you're the fucking fake French guy, or whatever yeah, you are. Who cares blood, about you? French from WCW, but uh, yes, oh, Blue right. Blood. Yeah, Blue Blood. Jean-Pierre, what was it, Jean-Paul Levesque? I am Jean-Paul Levesque. Was that even, <laughs> like, I never felt like they properly, like, transitioned that. It was just, like, one day he was magically a jerk, like, <laughs> like who had no, like, couth or anything. Like, it didn't make any sense. It's like <laughs> It was a slow burn, I think, actually. <laughs> I don't know. It was really weird. He had zero couth by 97, yeah. you're right. It, it was just the couth disappeared overnight, it felt well, like. <laughs> once he got China, he really became a big dick. Yeah, but you know? he still was, like, at the same time, there was this slight hint of, like, oh, he's snooty or whatever. Yeah, he used to wear polo shirts. Yeah, like, exactly. As a representation yeah. of, like, you know, he was fancy. Yeah, exactly. He had that horrible match with Sergeant Slobber at DX <laughs> in your house. And he's only Sergeant Slobber because of they, the that's good That's what they DX. called him. Yeah. Remember that match? I swear that match is, like, four and a half hours long. It's <laughs> just terrible. There is a funny moment at the tail end of DX, like, one DX version yeah. one. Where um, I always just laugh because it's just stupid. What? It's when China like handcuffs Slaughter to like the <laughs> ring or something, and then she like throws like powder, powder in his face, and, then, and, then and they, he looks like a big idiot. They and, rip his shirt and stuff yeah. like that. He just looks, some some fat mailman. It's like that, at like, WrestleMania, right? It's yes. like the, the the very very end of the good DX. Yeah, that is that's like, the last thing, with and them. that's actually good. That is actually good, and I I was always pining for Shawn Michaels to rejoin DX, and I believe he like did for like one night in late '98. Well, I always was pining for him to get back at Triple H for calling, him, saying he dropped the ball and all this stuff. Didn't he do that in like '02? Wasn't that what their feud was? What was our feud about in '02? It kind of was that. It kind of was. It was right? also like Triple H is a big deal now, so you have to fight him. <sighs> did it bother you that Michaels wore jeans in that match? Yes. So it's not but just me. Also, I think the the idea behind that was that he was kind of back. He wasn't fight. a he was he's a street fight, and that also he wasn't a real wrestler anymore. Like he was back for they didn't think that was going to go past. That's that. true. Like, that wasn't actually that wasn't supposed to be his like return to wrestling. It was supposed to be like a one time thing. Right. Exactly. So for him to wear the. It, it kind of makes sense, like, oh, he's, you know, he doesn't have wrestling trunks anymore. He's not a wrestler. He's, right. He's just a man fighting for his honor, right? Like, Yep, and he won, and it was an awesome win. It was a yeah. great, great little time there. While we're on the subject of bad DXs, I, I'd be remiss if I did not bring <laughs> up the 2006 Reformation. Yeah, poopy, poopy. Oh, my can't God, curse. that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, and that's where, you know what's weird about that? It's like, I understand why Shawn Michaels was doing that, but I don't understand why Triple H was doing that. It was totally out of character for him, the way he had been. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's like, Shawn Michaels, like, they had told us that he was, like, a Christian now, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't a badass or anything. So, for him to have the tone down, it's for the kids DX, makes a lot more sense. It made a lot of sense. Right? But to have Triple H in there, who was just a douchebag, like, his character was like, he was an asshole. I know. And and it, it more came off in the end like Triple H was like latching onto Shawn Michaels' popularity coattails once again. Yeah, and like even though like Shawn wasn't in his prime anymore, he no. shouldn't be the one carrying this. Shawn was just like a doofus during that DX. Yeah, he just, was just like I'm having fun, like re- yeah. reliving the past, and this asshole is is here. Like he was there, but he's like, why is he doing this? I with did me? not like, like that version of DX at all. No, it's, absolutely not. And remember DX Baby's shirt and all that? Yeah, and I feel like that whole thing was just about like making like fart jokes, that yeah. like whole era. You know what makes me sad about that? Mm. Is that Sean had to wear the stupid DX gear when he like made up with Bret Hart because of the timing. 
<laughs> it's like this great moment, and he's like dressed yeah, sure. in like neon green, like a doofus. Yeah, he did look stupid. Yeah, and he he also did that weird thing with his hair back then. He had like mm-hmm. ladies' hairstyle, <laughs> and he wore blouses. Yeah, and wore blouses, and Bret Hart looked like you like to say a Navajo Indian woman. It was, it was just, a weird meeting. They just looked like it, crap it, it when they like were two united. guys had been through a lot of shit, and they were like meeting each other for the first time since they didn't look like that. <laughs> yeah, but it looks like they went to a thrift store before yeah. they met, and they looked horrible. Yeah. Like, Brett's jacket was, like, too big or he, something. He looks like, like he's Tatanka. His shorts were too long. Yeah. They were, like, basically, like... Yeah, he had the shorts <laughs> from 1998 on. Like... <laughs> they were, like, down to, like, his ankle and hair. He, and he had the socks... Like, he had white socks that, like, went up a little too high. Yeah, he just looked... And I love them, you know? I love both I love of them, them, but they, they, they looked horrible. They, they, and Sean looks like he's trying to be young. <laughs> he, he looked like junk. Yeah, he looks like junk because it's like the old guy trying to look like he's young, but he's not. They should have just worn regular clothes. Yeah, they should have just been, like, in their regular outfits or whatever. Just regular clothes. Like, what they wear to... Well, I don't know. I think Brett dresses like that in real life, but... I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I think know. he wears jean jackets and, like... <laughs> Brett's not necessarily known as a fashion plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neither is Sean. But Michaels. Sean shouldn't have been in his trunks. Or, he should have been in his hunting gear. Well, at least that's, he, his, well, that's his. All right, that's so his you want him to dress like Skinner? Yeah. Is what you're saying? Why does Shawn Michaels? Why did he become Skinner? I don't know. In like real life, he, he I love did. Shawn Michaels, but he's Skinner now. He's Skinner. Yeah, the dude is fucking Skinner. And Bret Hart's Bret an, Hart's a an Native old American. grandma. Yeah. <laughs> Bret Hart's somebody's grandmother. Yeah. Remember when he won the U.S. title for no reason in ten? Yeah. Yeah, he beat the Miz, and he could like barely walk anymore. Like, <laughs> it was so bad. And he somehow applies the sharpshooter. I think like that match, like there was just a bunch of interference, and Brett puts the sharpshooter yeah. on at the end. Yeah, Brett didn't wrestle, but you know he can. Good it's for not the Miz, his fault, by the way. Good just, for the Miz, because I like how the Miz will just put anything over. Yeah, yeah. Don't be overrating the Miz too much. He's yeah, okay. Well, I like decent. Him. I like what he decent. I like his work. He's fine. He's Mike fun. the Miz. Yeah. <laughs> So back to this DX. So the 98 DX, uh, just to wrap up here. I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I liked him. That's why it's a then and now. Right. We all did. <laughs> Looking we, we back. We were buying the DX magazines with the, them on the cover, that July 98 sure, issue, I, I think it the, is. <laughs> I had the DX video. Yeah, I had the one. I also had the one where Shawn Michaels is naked and they have the belt over his yeah, penis. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one was funny. It's uncensored. Do you remember the that part in it where they like go in like the streets of New York and ask Indian people questions or something? No. Yeah, there's like weird stuff in that. I like, believe you. They ask people with like accents questions. Okay, I yeah, believe like, it. It's funny. But the thing is, is I remember loving that video as a kid and this is where the then and now comes in. I remember watching it a few years ago. Yeah. Just to see what I thought of it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really stupid humor. It's no, well, yeah, but, but that's wasn't the it point. supposed to be juvenile? That's like, yeah, juvenile. You know, sophomore class field trip. Sophomore humor. Sophomore humor. Fart jokes. Danny Hodge was the best yeah, thing Danny ever. Danny Hodge. We love Danny Hodge. So. Screw you, Danny Hodge. So I guess we're. <laughs> What's he going to come beat me up? <laughs> he probably could. Is he alive? He, I think he is. Can we get him? Has is Danny? The question is, will Danny Hodge ever die? No, I don't think he. will. I think he already did die a few times, and he was just like, no, not doing it. No, he's not. He's, <laughs> gonna, he's not about death. I'm going to keep living. Yeah, he's he's good. Well, didn't he punch a bear in the face with a broken neck? His car after went his off car, a bridge, and then he picked and then it he up like, and he threw broke it at the, all his vertebrae, and yeah. then swam to the shore, then fought a bear right after, and then walked 50 miles to the nearest like thing. <laughs> That's why Jr. loves him so yeah. much. I, that story is partially true. It is partially true. Yeah. And then he was the ref, I guess, at the first Brawl for All match you were yeah. telling me? Yeah, he is the ref. <laughs> and Jr. is, like, loving it. And King is, like, not even, he's like, who is this? Like, like, <laughs> well, he's I basically, like, Mills Lane, like, senior. Senior? Because <laughs> he's older. Yes. He's, like, 100 there. <laughs> He's like 130 now. <laughs> He's never going to die. Ever. He's never going to die. I saw a picture of him. Crushing like, an apple the, on like, C-SPAN or something. Yeah, like in the Pennsylvania like House of Representatives <laughs> yeah. or something. It's like, look what I can do. Like, what? Why Why do they need to see this? Why are we ruining produce? Yeah. <laughs> All those apples that he's crushed over the years. It's amazing that he can still do it at no, his That's very impressive, actually. He's got kung fu grip. <laughs> kung fu grip. Yeah. So we're in agreement that the, the second version of DX, not so good. Not so good. The other version of DX, even worse. Yeah. The 06 re- reunition. 
<laughs> reunion. Re- 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 reunition. Reunition. Yeah. <laughs> we make up words here. Yeah. It's been a long season. It's so. been a very long season. I would say it's actually been a really good season. I think it has. I think it's been our best season yet. Yeah. Believe it or Let not. Let the folks at home know, though. Yes. We are not going away. Oh, we're not going away. We'll be back next week, the 19th, with a new format. It's not really a break. No, no, no. It's not a break. It's just another season. Yeah. And don't worry. We're here for you in the meantime. You can tweet at us at OVP Podcast. You could email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That's ovppodcast at gmail.com. They can go to the dot com too, right? They Glenn? can go to the ovppodcast.com that, and have all the links. That's we got right. it all there. You, you can subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. We're on player.fm. One of these days, MySpace, maybe that'll be in season two. Yeah. I'm not sure. Instagram, possibly. <laughs> Instagram. So thank you for a great season. Let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about with our new format. Any yeah. ideas, any comments, any suggestions, complaints. Yeah. Anything we, we like that. We take it all. We take it all, and we take it with gusto. We will see you next week, folks, for season two. It's been a great ride, Quinn, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you might say we might ride off a cliff, and that will be our cliffhanger. <sighs> so long, folks. <laughs> see you next week. See ya. From 10 p.m. to 11 p.m., we will only use the words ass, damn, hell, and bitch. We will never, however, use the words shit, fuck, goddamn, Jesus Christ, faggot, or any other racial or sexual slurs. Now then, as it pertains to video, we promise there will be less dick references. Oh, shit. Watch your fucking mouth. Well, geez, fuck me. God damn it. Fuck. Anyway, there will be less penis references. Oh, and one last thing. Even though many of you believe that currently the favorite pastime in the oral office is swallow the leader, I did not. I repeat. I did not sleep with that young intern. As a matter of fact, I was up all night. Will you stop? stop, 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 stop.